Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2015, and this is The Ride. Hey yo, hey yo, it is Friday! Yeah! Give me some of that there weekend! Woo! Can you tell I've had my Java this morning? Oh yeah! I brewed a nice cuppa. I don't know, Starbucks house blend. Threw a little bit of Chewbacca. Yeah, that's right. Chewbacca spiced latte flavoring in it. Apparently, Star Wars has this thing with flavors these days. Well, of course they do. A, a huge, huge movie like Star Wars coming out, which I am waiting for with bated breath. Actually, I don't know what that means, bated breath. I'm going to have to look up that idiom. But anyway, I'm waiting for it. And uh, but apparently, they uh, Star Wars has this deal with those morning creamers. They have a Darth Vader, I don't know, salted caramel, and then Chewbacca spice latte. I don't know if there's uh, Princess Leia butterscotch rum. Who knows? But uh, I've got my Java running through me, and uh, it's. I need it because it's a chilly day and I don't have my coats at my house yet so hopefully we'll get the remainder of most of our possessions to our house of residence this weekend so you know since I'm waiting for that movie to come out I, I think it's December it's probably going to open on the holiday time is my guess uh, it got it got me thinking about how we view movies and things. Now, when I was a kid, I used to hang with a, a bunch of, well, a bunch, maybe four of my close friends. We would all go to midnight movies. Do you guys remember those? Midnight movies for $1. I think I was really sad when it went from $1 to, I think, two fifty for a midnight movie. Because maybe at the time, two fifty was... <laughs> What a normal movie would cost? I forget. I don't know. It's, that seems really cheap compared to now. You go to the movies now and you have to take a second mortgage out. But anyway, I remember we'd hang out and we'd do these midnight movie things. And it was just great. And we would do it almost every weekend, it seemed like. Nowadays, I don't do that. I, I, I figure if it's something I want to see... If it's something I really, really want to see, I'll see it in the theaters. But if it's something I want to see, I'll wait till it comes to video and all that. I think I'm saving a lot of money. And for those who don't know, I'm Dutch, so there's a part of me that loves doing that. <laughs> of course, um, I shouldn't really blame it on my heritage because, you know, everybody should want to save money, right? I don't know. So, movies were a big thing when I was younger. They're not so much a big thing for me now. 
I don't I don't wait around for all the different movies. Seriously, we we just pick the the best couple movies every weekend and go see them. Well, nowadays I can't find one a month that I really 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 want to see. So anyway, um So as we were moving, I realized just the enormity of the number of books we have. Okay, you have to understand, I'm looking, this morning I passed by this stack of banker boxes in my garage, kid you not, probably five banker boxes high, five deep, and maybe four wide. That's 20 times five, folks. Banker boxes. Not all of them, not all of them are books, but a good amount of them. That's a lot of books. So because it was an effort to move them to this place, I've decided we're never going to move again. Don't we all say that? We are never going to move again. Well, here's a better thing to do. Maybe thin out what you got. That's my thought. You know, each book we have, we bought or were given for a reason. And it was to what? To enjoy it. To read it. To look at the fun pictures. Whatever it was. Have you done that yet? If you have, then what are you going to do with it? It, it? it might fall into three categories. It could be uh, a tradition, or not, maybe not a tradition, but it might have some kind of deep sentimental value to you, and you want to hold on to it. By all means, hold on to it. Maybe it's the book that you read that you finally understood what God really meant to you. And it was maybe uh, that thing that brought you closer to him. Certainly hold on to it. In fact, write in it. Write things in it to serve as an altar. And uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, an altar is simply a remembrance of God's provision and glory in your life, that kind of thing. It's not something to be worshipped. Okay, let's get that straight. God is who is worshipped. But anyway, so there's three categories. You've got that type of book. You've got a book that you read, enjoyed, and you're done with it. And it's sitting on your shelf, but it doesn't really need to be sitting on your shelf. You're likely to not read it again. So then, you have to ask yourself, if this book was so good, why don't you share it with somebody? Give it to somebody. Give it to somebody as a gift. Not on their birthday. Not on Christmas. Just as a gift. Out of the blue, baby. I mean, that's a kind of cool gift, if you ask me. If somebody gave me a gift like that, and they, and they took some time to wrap it, and maybe even put in a, a special bookmark or a special note, like how the book meant something to them, and they thought that it would really do me well... I don't know, that would make my week. And it helps you get rid of a half a pound of weight out of your life. I don't know, just a thought. And then the third option 
is to give it away, just give it away. Like go down to the library and give it away. Now I just I was just thinking that maybe you could give it to uh, a place like uh, the Gospel Mission or some place like that. But if you're going to do that, I still think it would be really cool if you packaged it like you would for a friend individually, spent some time, said how that book meant something to you, and, you know, made it as personable or as personal as you can without really knowing who the recipient would be, but but gift it and then give it to a place like that. That means a whole lot, I think, to the folks there than if it's just a, a, a box of old dusty books. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, use it as a ministry almost. You're unloading weight out of your life and you're providing something to someone else. This whole thing about books really has got me thinking a lot because I have so many that I have yet to read. Uh, of those hundred banker boxes of books, now granted, I don't, I didn't buy all of those books just for me. There's a lot in there that were school you know, related to school things because we were homeschool family. My goodness, I'm just realizing that when they fixed my window in this truck, they must have filled up the air in my tires because I hear every bump. I digressed. Okay, so I've got all these books. I have yet to read them. I want to read them. So that kind of means I'm hanging on to them. But I have to make, I, I'm going to have to make an active, an active, deliberate movement toward reading these books. So you know what I should do? No, I don't know. I was going to say, before I unpack them and put them on a shelf, I have to read it. And then I have to decide whether or not I'm going to put it in one of those three categories. Give away, gift away. I guess there's four. Okay, there's keep, gift away, give away, and trash. I suppose I might have a few books in there that are just not worth keeping at all. Maybe back in the day, I might have had some that I'd really want to just eliminate from the face of the earth. I don't think I have any like that now. For those who are new Christians, if you do have books that have some demonic content... And I'm saying that with a straight face. It's, it's plain and simple. Demonic content. Um, I wish I could recall the scriptures that refer to that and how we shouldn't have it in our lives. But, you know, some of us who have just come to know the Lord might have come out of a situation where we dabbled in occult things. And I think it's very important that we eliminate those completely out of our lives. And I think that that would probably fall into the fourth category of just, you know, destroy them. It's not going to do anybody else any good. You don't really want it to do anybody else any good. Or any bad, I guess, is how I should have put it. So anyway, I think the last time we moved into a home, it was just kind of normal that you would, you know, get the gas and the electric flipped over to your account or to your name. You'd go get the garbage done. You would 
um, maybe then do any kind of utility stuff that you needed to do. Uh, for, uh, we are, for example, going to put in a different uh, water softener in our new home, that kind of thing. I remember one of the houses that we bought once upon a time, we had, it seemed like, maybe four different crafts, four different people representing different utilities or whatever, had our house at the same exact time. I have some of that going on now, but I remember when it was just kind of without thinking you'd say yeah yes get me cable I want cable now you have to know me I'm not a big sports guy so in fact I'm very much not a big sports guy I would rather read one of those books that I have yet to read than to watch a game you know that's just me but I remember the day that or the you know the days that signing up for cable that was just you know what you expect you're, it was just normal, just like you would get in a phone. Well, things have changed, haven't they? I don't even care about a phone. You know, my wife and I carry cell phones, and uh, we have a cell phone for our kids. We're covered on the communications front. I don't need a phone in my home. So it wasn't that long ago when we started to wonder, you know what, do we really need cable? It was starting to cost quite a bit. And moving into this new house... You know, we've lived without cable for so long. You know, don't get under condemnation. I'm just telling you a Rusty James story. We lived without cable for so long that we really don't... We don't miss it. And the kids aren't clamoring for it. That's the cool thing. Now, they still watch shows on... Through their internet connection... But even that's going to have to be curtailed a little bit the way things are with our new internet. We have to do it. We're out in the country, so we have to do it a little bit different than direct line cable. We have to do it from a satellite, which there's limitations. So we are quickly going to find out how impactful that change will be. If my kids are listening to this, I'm sorry about that, but that's the way things are, and you're going to have to deal. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to them going through that process of dealing with that. Seth has the most pain because his gaming life as he knows it is coming to a quick end. And he's going to find, he's going to need to find other avenues for his gaming. Maybe he'll become a programmer and have to, you know. I told him opportunities, this is when you find opportunities to invent things. Maybe you can figure out how to change the the ping rate on our internet connection from 400 down to 50, which is what he would need for gaming, something like that. If you don't know what that means, that's okay. It's just tech babble. And who knows, maybe Seth will invent something and rock the world. Maybe that's God's maybe that's God's DNA in him to do that kind of thing and that's his wild child. If you don't know what that is, listen to yesterday's podcast. But anyway, the whole thing about cable, it wasn't even a factor in 
it wasn't a thought that I had at all as far as getting cable and getting stuck into that. I remember the days we'd come from I'd come home from work and the TV'd be on and we would just I'm sorry, but this is what would happen. We would waste an evening every evening. Like I said before, no condemnation. I understand because I will sit down and watch Netflix. Not maybe waste an evening, but, um, you know, it's the same deal. It's a show and it's taking my time. And, you know, we all need to unwind and, and decompress after the day, that kind of stuff. I get that. But we would do that and we would almost get addicted to it. And that's not good. I would much rather read some books. But like I said, that's the Rusty James mindset. So I have a challenge for you, though, and that is look at your book collection. If you have books, look at your collection. Now, perhaps you've already minimized and you're in good shape. But I have had the opportunity to realize how unminimized my life is when it comes to the books I have and the weight that I'm carrying around with me. So I want to actively address that. And you guys are going to keep me on task, okay? And what that means is some of the stuff, the wisdom that are in these books, they're going to come out in this podcast. So you don't need to go buy some of these books if you don't want to read them yourself. Just wait till I start talking about them, okay? Who knows? Maybe Maybe the year I bought some of these books... God knew I was going to be doing a podcast down the road and he knew that I was going to have this particular show and challenge myself to get my act together and read some of these books and pass on some knowledge. So maybe that was the whole plan all along. I don't know. There's some really good authors I've got. I've got some C.S. Lewis. I have John Maxwell, if you've heard of him. Dave Ramsey's another one. Max Lucado. Lee Lee uh, Lee Strobel. I've talked a little bit about him in the past. I mean, these are just the tip of the iceberg. And then I've got plenty of fiction and all that good stuff too. So, today was the book club meeting. But if you're an aspiring writer, like I'd like to consider myself, a really good thing to do is read. Help get you... You know, when I... uh, I'm a musician as well, and I realized that... I realized that as I was developing my craft in music... It helped to listen to other music, to get ideas, to see how they played these chords off another, how they modified and alternated rhythms and, you know, all these things. The beautiful thing about music is you always can get new flavors. So reading helps give you new flavors, new perspective on things. Now, as Christians... The important thing to do is, if you get a new flavor you're reading from a book, what should you do? You know the answer to that. You need to see how that flavor lines up with the flavor of God. Right? 
How are you going to do that? Well, you need to know what God says and what his heart is. How are you going to know that? By spending time with him and time in the word, right? That's why the, the word of God is so important to get into you because if you don't, you can easily be misled by the flavors of the world, right? And you know, you know, it could even be moral, but it might not be God's best. It might not be what God says about the thing. It might be a moral, maybe a humanist solution, and it could appear to be just fine, the thing you're reading. But when you compare it to the Word of God, there's just a little twinge of it that's, nah, I don't know about that. And I think that's good for us to challenge the flavors we're letting into our life. That's all I'm saying. So you need to have that Word of God in you almost so that you don't have to say, hmm, what does this, how does this book compare with what the Bible says? It'd be really good for us to be able to have it in us so much, that the Word of God, that, you know, we may not know Scripture and verse that would conflict with something that we're reading, but we do know that it's not the heart of God. Somehow we just know. That's a really good place to be at. Maybe a better place to be at is to be able to, once we read a slightly wrong flavor of something, to know the scripture and verse where, no, 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 it says right here, this. I mean, that's what Jesus did when the enemy was tempting him. He went right to the word of God. Now, it was kind of easier for him, I guess, because he knew the author. (laughs) But you know what? You can know the author too. So no excuses. So let us stay in that holy word and live in peace and pray for those who persecute you. I always say that. You know why I say that? Because it's important. Praying for those who persecute you. I've always thought that that's so important. It's easy to get angry at them. No, but you have to pray for those who persecute you because they're still in the same boat you were once in, okay? Not knowing the Lord. And we want everyone to know the Lord because that's God's will that all should come to the knowledge of Him. All right? And get your book collection out and start reading and start deciding where those things go. Make sure they line up with the Word of God, okay? And I will see you on the flip.